0: Hello, my high vibing friends. I'm so excited that you're here on the Abundance Alchemist podcast today. We have the most exciting episode Um we have Sloane here with us today, and I'm going to introduce her really quick, and then we'll dive on in. So Sloane is an incredible resource for all your food questions. Um, she's a wellness coach, yoga teacher, author, and ice cream lover, which I love. Um, Sloan's mission is to empower women to stop feeling the guilt, restricting, overthinking their food choices, and stop uh, feeling or step into feeling fully nourished, satisfied, and confident in their beautiful bodies. She uses a unique combination of nutritional science and spiritual manifestation tools to help her clients achieve less food freedom. She is coming on the Abundance Alchemist podcast cast today to help us release the diet fads, love our own skin, and listen um, to our body's signals and heal our relationship with food in our lives. So hello, Slum. Thanks so much for coming on today. Hello, hello, Caitlin, and everyone listening. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction and for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I am too. I'm so excited that you're here um, to dive into this because I think the idea of food um, isn't talked about enough. I mean, it's talked about in many different ways, but not necessarily um, a way that can be super helpful to us um, in our daily lives. So you are all about food freedom. So tell me, what is food freedom?
1: Great question. Um, So for me, food freedom is having the freedom to make the most aligned choices for yourself from a place of love and intuition based on the resources that you have. Um, So that's kind of like the broadest definition I can give. But the way that this actually manifests is being able to make choices without that guilt or the stress or um, overthinking and obsessing about it. This also means eating freely and free from restricting from tracking, counting, measuring, anything that Mm. might look like a rule. Um, So this is feeling in control and safe in your body. A lot of times people are scared of freedom, actually, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's with food or even with like business or life, it's kind of weird. Like people would rather actually be confined. And a lot of times freedom feels scarier than, um, the rules do, which is just a weird thing. <laughs> sure. Um, right. And so actually I hear a lot of people say that they're scared of total freedom because they think that freedom means out of control when it mm-hmm. doesn't at all.
0: Absolutely. So that's, that's food freedom in a nutshell. Perfect. I love it. I think that um, you touched on a huge point. We're definitely creatures of habit. And so we're definitely um, do like that control. And it's funny because my background is in psychology and mental health and then addiction. So um, I've actually worked in eating disorder clinics as well. Um, So that's why I was also drawn to you because I think, um, again, it's something that needs to be talked about. But with that being said, we look at when humans are given so many different choices, they struggle to make any choice. And I think that really happens with food is, or there's that fear of when there's so many choices or there's freedom and they don't have a way of, you know, counting carbs or calories or whatever it is. There's just kind of this panic and this almost like shut down and freeze, Mm -hmm. um, of not being able to even choose anything
1: completely and that's why i incorporate spirituality and abundance principles into my coaching because that's where the safety and the security and the control comes from mm-hmm. um it's funny because i was just talking to my mom a few hours ago and she reminded me that i am still a recovering control freak um that's kind <laughs> of how that's like where my food and body journey was rooted it was rooted in control and my spiritual, I don't really love the term spiritual awakening, but my discovery of spirituality and my dive into it was also really focused on healing control. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like one of the main things that I hear from people and that my clients come to me for is like this feeling of overly controlling, overly obsessing, wanting to release control, but still feel in control. And it's Mm -hmm. this paradox. I call it the control paradox in my like course. That's literally what I, you know, how I describe it because it is weird, you know, when you're saying that you're going to trust the universe or your body, Mm -hmm. part of allowing everything to fall beautifully under control is surrendering. Right.
0: It's yep. really sometimes. It is no, I love that. I actually have a blog called um, "The Power of Surrender," and it talks all about how it is this paradox of where you're feeling like you're out of control, but it's really the thing that allows you to move forward in your life. Because when we control, we restrict and we keep ourselves small. We keep ourselves playing in that. So I love that you're um, touching on that and using that in your course. That is so incredible. Completely. It's so. It's something
1: that. I haven't really seen any other like food or um, like health person talk about. And I'm like, mm-hmm.
0: you can't leave this out, people. Right. Like, yeah. this is everything. <laughs> it is. So tell me how food freedom is different than um, just intuitive eating. Because we hear a lot about intuitive eating. But I know that mm-hmm. um, when we chatted before that you kind of mentioned that they're different. So um, tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So... There's food freedom, there's intuitive eating, and then there's my method, which is eating with love and intuition. And I would say all three of them are kind of different. Okay. So I would say food freedom is more of like a state of being in mm-hmm. a state of living um, and- yeah, it's it's more of like the big picture, the big idea. Intuitive eating is a lot of times seen as like a method or a framework or a way of eating, um, kind of how you pick and choose and deal with food. Mm-hmm. And while I think that you know there's so much good about intuitive eating, I found a lot of flaws in it, which is why I incorporated some of those um, practices and ideas. Into my method of eating with love and intuition. And so intuitive eating, there are like 12 or so principles. Okay. And these principles are basically telling you to, you know, get rid of the food rules, eat what you want, mm-hmm. honor your hunger, honor your fullness, etc. And so a lot of people will start kind of with those 12 principles and like breaking down the rules, etc. My issue with that is that you're telling someone who used to have rules to have principles instead. Mm -hmm. In my brain, principles are the same as rules. I agree. (laughs) Right? So it's, yeah, it's just not a great system In terms of the labels, you know, the content of it, I agree with. Mm -hmm. The labels is where I have a problem because you can then say, oh, well, I followed 10 out of the 12 principles, but I didn't follow those two. So I guess I'm not an intuitive eater. And it just Mm. gets, you know, further stuck in these labels. And that's what we're trying to get away from. Right. I never want my clients to feel like they're failing Mm -hmm. at this. And so that's why I say this is about eating with love and intuition and you can't fail at eating. Mm. So perhaps sometimes your intention of love and intuition isn't 100% there, but we're not going for perfection. But in that way, eating with love and intuition is more about a way of being than like a 12-step thing or like you know, a way to eat now, but then later on you're going to go to a different set of principles or rules or whatever it is. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So in my practice, eating with love and intuition is about eating with love for the physical body. Of course, gentle nutrition is Important, Yes, mm-hmm. we love fruits and vegetables. Um, mm-hmm. It also means eating with love for your mental well-being. So this means actually eating some foods that we know help with stress and anxiety or foods that are going to make you feel happy. So like ashwagandha, for example, mm. if you're feeling stressed, eating that is eating with love for your mind. But it's also about, you know, the energetics of it and putting yourself in a situation where you're going to be eating without the stress and the guilt and the anxiety. And then the third part is eating with love for your spiritual and emotional health. Mm. So, you know, that's where maybe the desserts come in um, or French toast for dinner. Love doing that. (laughs) I'm like, this is my soul. And then the intuition piece is how you're going to De- decide the what, the when, the how. Like, what's the content of the food? And as I mentioned, this spiritual piece is really important because a lot of intuitive uh, eating practitioners say that your intuition just tells you what you're craving, mm-hmm. and that's like three percent of what your intuition mm-hmm. actually does. Yep. Right, and so that's why I teach all of my clients how to really activate and trust their intuition in general. And then learn. Okay, well, where is that guiding me with food decisions, with you know, exercise decisions, et cetera? So it's a lot deeper than just what are you craving mm-hmm. today.
0: <laughs> I love that. I think that um, you hit on some amazing things. But the the biggest piece is I really love that you bring in kind of the science and the nutrition piece with that spirituality piece. I know that. Um, I think that's really what's lacking in a lot of what is offered in society today, um, not just in this in that field, but also um, even like I like I bring my traditional practices in mental health counseling and bring in spirituality because we're such complicated beings. We function on so many different levels, and we have so many different decisions each day. Um, one thing that I did hear you say that I do want to touch on is you said that a lot of times intuitive eating will talk about um, how to honor that you're full or how to notice if you're hungry. And those are super important, but how do we do that? Because to be honest, I feel like we've gotten away from truly understanding, like, what does hunger feel like? What does being full feel like? Because we are not paying attention to what our bodies are doing. And especially I think when a lot of us get to this place where we're like, okay, I want to lose weight but I don't want to be unhealthy or I need to gain weight and I don't want to be unhealthy. And we kind of get into this place where we're still trying to honor our health and our journey, um, but not really having that connection with understanding Mm. hunger and and fullness. Completely. So I do have some clients, especially the ones
1: that binge quite frequently Mm. that They feel like they don't know or they don't get hungry anymore because they're constantly Mm -hmm. eating. Or I have one client who realized that when she was like super hungry, that's when she would binge. So now she eats snacks throughout the day, even if she's not actually hungry because she's scared of feeling hunger. Mm. So for her, what we're doing right now is kind of cutting back on those snacks that aren't necessary Mm -hmm. and allowing her to actually feel hunger Mm. because- we all have moments, you know, where like you did wait too long to eat and you feel, you know, like ravenous, like Mm -hmm. your stomach is audibly (laughs) growling. Right. Now we don't want to get to that place ideally, Mm -hmm. but sometimes that's a good reminder to be Mm -hmm. like, oh, right. Like this is how I feel when I'm hungry. Like for me, I can't focus when I'm hungry Mm -hmm. and I feel so scattered and I get, you know, kind of antsy, maybe anxious and, you know, a little bit moody, like definitely on the hanger scale, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) So if I'm like really absorbed in work and I'm not necessarily paying attention to my hunger, but I start noticing like I can't focus, I'm like kind of getting annoyed right now, I have some of those other cues to remind me like, oh, well, let's like take a step back This kind of checks the boxes for the things I know typically mean hunger. Mm -hmm. Let me actually bring my focus down to my anatomical stomach and try to get a sense of the energy there. Oh, yeah, I am hungry. Mm -hmm. So there are other ways that our body lets us know that we're hungry. So Mm -hmm. if you feel like you've numbed out your hunger cues or you're just not really sure where they are anymore. Mm -hmm. It can be helpful to assess if there are any other cues that your body is giving you um, or if you're someone that's constantly grazing and snacking, let yourself get hungry um, because when you're hungry and you arrive at a meal, it's going to be a lot easier to tell when you're full because there's going to be a starker difference mm-hmm. as opposed to if you're starting a meal when you're not even that hungry, you're already kind of full. Well, then, yeah, it's going to be hard to tell when you're full from the meal because you were already full, right? Sure. So, just giving yourself like a cleaner slate, right. Of like, Mm -hmm. right now I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. Um, and yes, mindful eating is really important as well. Kind of like how you touched on the fact that we're just really distracted a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Um, this is another place where I like to bring in a lot of deeper practices. Mindful eating to me is not just about slowing down and eating without distractions. Um, I love Eckhart Tolle's books and he has so much about mindfulness and really about Mm -hmm. the fact that it's an embodiment of like your essence and, Mm -hmm. you know, being in each new now moment. And so this is another space where I kind of teach my clients mindfulness Mm -hmm. in general. Um, And then we're like, okay, so then how do we apply this to grocery shopping? Prepping, cooking, eating, and digesting because mm-hmm. there's so much to our relationship with food, and you know, food is energy. Everything is energy. Our thoughts mm-hmm. are energy. So if you're stressed and anxious already when you're grocery shopping, that food is picking up that energy, right?
0: Absolutely. So want to
1: expand the lens mm-hmm. um, and. I want to also come back to what you mentioned about, like, some perhaps aesthetic goals or health goals around mm-hmm. weight. And honestly, that's not ever really my focus mm-hmm. with my clients. Um, and I will admit that I do not, I do not know how to tell you how to lose weight. Sure. I do know how to tell you how to heal your relationship with food. And I believe that when you are eating with love and intuition consistently, and giving yourself time and space, your body will go down or up to its happy space. Mm There is, you know, the set range. So I, this is where I encourage my clients to kind of trust, put that goal on the back burner Mm -hmm. and focus on the relationship with food and trust that like everything will even out. Like if you genuinely feel like your body isn't where it's meant to be, it's above or below, trusting that your body wants to be at its good set range. Mm -hmm. And if you empower it, To get there, then it will eventually, probably more slowly Mm -hmm. than you would like. But we know that diets just don't work. So that's Mm going to be your best option.
0: I love that. Yeah, that's so powerful because I think when we look at kind of how society looks at food and the relationship, it's not necessarily the idea of it fueling your body, unless it's kind of like fueling it for a workout or fueling it for this. But it doesn't look at, just like fueling your brain and all the different things that you need. So when we look at even the relationship with food and weight, I feel like it. we go to that place of lose weight, gain weight. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I like that you touched on, you know, your body will even out to that happy place. Because I always say um, that when you start doing the work and you start really tuning into your body and working on that mindfulness and being present, the things that you need to process and release that you might be holding within your body come up and they process out. And then you are able to fluctuate and be in that happy space. And again, that that power of surrender, like you mentioned before, um, such powerful stuff. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you touched on the emotion um, a little bit. You've touched on it multiple times. And I want to go back to that piece because we hear a lot about emotional eating. Um, so just... I'm just going to stick it at that and you just go with it where you will.
1: (laughs) Okay. So newsflash, we are all emotional eaters. So that complaint with like, I want to manage or like get rid of my cravings. I'm like, we have preferences. That's a good Mm. thing. And we have emotions about food. That's a good thing. If you did not have emotions about food, Food would be so boring. You wouldn't have a favorite food. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't feel certain things when you ate your grandma's cooking or like you wouldn't get excited for holiday meals. We are all emotional eaters. We have emotions about food. The issue is when we use food as the primary coping mechanism tool Mm -hmm. to deal with emotions. That's where it starts not feeling too good.
0: 100%. I'm like clapping over here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So it's a beautiful, pleasurable experience to have emotions about food. Um, I'll share this funny story with you that on Sunday night, I all of a sudden had a craving for curly fries. Mm. And I haven't had curly fries in quite some time because I feel like restaurants typically just have the straight cut French fries. Mm-hmm. i like, oh my goodness, I really want curly fries. So, Today, I went to the store and I got some and we're recording this at like 8.30 p.m. my time. And Mm -hmm. so I had a later lunch. So I was like, I'm not really hungry for dinner yet. I don't want to force it because that just won't feel good. But I really want those fries. So I just had some fries for like my main or mini dinner um, (laughs) because it made me so happy Mm -hmm. and that was satisfying what I needed tonight. And I'll probably have maybe a little something later, but in that moment, that's what was going to make me feel best on so many levels. And it genuinely made me so happy. And by allowing myself to get happiness and pleasure from these curly fries, it just made it that much more satisfying yeah. and fulfilling. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of my clients have trouble expressing their emotions just in general in life, mm-hmm. um, kind of holding on to stress, holding on to anxiety. And so I'll have some sessions with like my one-on-one clients where we don't even talk about food. I'm like, what's stressing you out? So we talk about their boyfriends and their husbands or we talk about school or we talk about work and they're like, sorry, this is such a tangent. Like, sorry, we're talking about this. I'm like, no, this is the point Mm -hmm. because we need you to process your emotions so that you don't even use the food to cope. Now, if you are someone like me who is an ice cream lover, as I mentioned, and ice cream (laughs) makes me happy. And I'm having a bad day and I've processed it. I've journaled or I've vented to somebody or I went for a walk or I listened to some music, whatever it was, and I feel better, feel Mm -hmm. significantly better. And I know that having a scoop of my favorite ice cream will make me just that much happier. Then I say, go for it, Mm -hmm. right? It's okay to still use food as a tool. We just don't want it to feel like the primary tool. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how I feel about emotional eating.
0: Yeah, that is so great because I agree with you. If you, if we're using it as kind of just a way to process our emotions, then we're not truly processing them because we're just kind of stuffing them, um, in the sense of like what we're physically trying to do to our bodies, right? Like you're just eating, you're not enjoying, you're not paying attention, you're not mindful. Um, And I think you touched on to this a little bit earlier when you're, and you just kind of touched on it with the ice cream too, that piece of, um, enjoyment. And so I think when we're going to this place of tracking or counting or diet fads and all these different things, we don't actually enjoy the food. Um, And I think this, to be honest, this was kind of a block for me with intuitive eating, um, and the mindfulness piece of like. I was like, I don't have the time or I don't want to sit there for like an hour and just savor every single bite. And that was kind of a block for me of kind of what that was. And I think I had to take a step back and look at, hey, maybe that's not what it is. Um, But I I like that you touched on kind of that enjoyment piece because I think it brings it to this idea too of where we hear all the time, like everything in moderation. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about that. What do you think of that? (laughs) I mean, I suppose
1: I agree that, like, yes, I think that, you know, you should include everything that you desire. Mm -hmm. My issue with it is I feel like it's a phrase that diet culture has kind of stolen because it's Mm -hmm. saying it's kind of like a fake um, permission. Like, yeah, you can enjoy that, but in moderation. right? Right. And then everybody kind of creates their own definition of, like, what, quote, moderate looks like. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when I do hear that phrase now, I'm like kind of like, uh, it's kind of icky. Mm -hmm. I would just rather so many other phrases like um, enjoy it and eat it now if it feels nourishing to you in this Mm -hmm. unique moment because ice cream might feel nourishing and good for me right now because I'm in the mood for it. And, you know, I'm really like craving it. So it'll really satisfy this thing within me. But if my friends are having ice cream and I'm not really in the mood for it, but I force myself to get a scoop anyway, just to like fit in, Mm. not necessarily supporting me and supporting my health in that moment, same food, different situation. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there are just so many more nuances to it than just everything with moderation um mm-hmm. I mean I do think that variety is important and that you don't you there's a way to you know eat too much of even a good thing so mm-hmm. I agree with that
0: but I just think there are so many other better ways to discuss it I would agree it's kind of like the idea of a cheat meal it's just like ugh, that doesn't feel good <laughs> no <laughs> like I don't want to like cheat my body and like cheat my diet to enjoy something it's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you've heard that one a lot and are not a fan. <laughs> it
1: bothers me so much. I mean, like words are also really important to me. Um, and like just the way that we label things. So, like cheat, yeah, like what's that saying about you and what's that saying about your body or like junk food? Like, okay, well, if you're gonna eat it, you're calling your body a garbage can. So mm-hmm. that's not great. Um, and like clean, what does clean mean? Mm. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, I love that. Um, the very first episode that I did actually was all about um, how our thoughts interpret, how our body reacts, and how that puts our actions into play. And so we were talking about the power of words and the power of your thought, um, and how it really matters because it's what you're telling yourself, and the you know ruminating thoughts and the repetition are what actually comes out in your life and it tells your body how to react. So when you touched on that piece too about if I'm stressed and then I go grocery shopping and the food feels that stress that it's it's also like so, I mean, it's crazy how many levels it affects us too. Cause if you're saying I'm stressed, you're telling your body to release that, you know, on the the physical level, that um, stress hormone of cortisol. And then you're also repeating that message, which is keeping that hormone in there. And then you're giving that energy to the food and then you're putting that food in your body. It's just, it's a really um Intense process. And I think you've really done an amazing job of showing, even just in you know the short time we've been talking about, how many different ways and how many different thoughts and like aspects of even choosing a food um, has. Completely.
1: And I want to broaden it even further by offering the idea that eating with love and intuition can empower you to live with love and intuition because Mm -hmm. everything is just. Energy. Mm-hmm. And so the way that you deal with food, whether it's control, obsession, stress, anxiety, you're likely feeling control, obsession, stress, and anxiety in other areas of your life, mm-hmm. whether it's around money or your job or your friendships or school, whatever it is,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: or just your relationship with the universe, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you learn how to eat with love and intuition, you can apply those same things to all other areas of your life. Like I've had so many clients manifest money Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: change jobs to a more aligned job and move cities. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we've literally just been talking about food, but I mean, we haven't been. That's the entire point. Mm -hmm. Um, Like so many clients have like changed jobs or like moved um, Mm -hmm. because it inspires so much. Like you're going to be eating at least probably three times a day, every day for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So this really matters. And I just see a lot of people also complain or worry about how their relationship with food is affecting their social life and Mm -hmm. their friends and family. Like Mm -hmm. when we kind of get to the bigger, why, like, why do you want this? So many people say, because I want to be able to like go out to eat with my family and, you know, not cancel plans because I'm scared Mm -hmm. um, and actually show up and like enjoy my company instead of freaking out Mm -hmm. and obsessing about how much oil the kitchen used. Or I want to be able to go out to eat ice cream with my friends and like not plan a two-hour workout the next day. Like Mm -hmm. that's why this is not just about food. It's about living your life again, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I'm so passionate about it.
0: I love it. Yeah, that's so, so true. I mean, it's something that I think a lot of us don't think about. Um, And even just looking at like more the traditional psychology world, like looking at some of those behaviors you mentioned can be classified as different eating disorder behaviors. And that's a label. Putting that label on it is never really helpful this is where I differ from the traditional sense. I don't like labels. I don't like um, kind of, you know, putting parameters around people. But when we are looking at it in that sense, if you're looking at this idea of a lot of times the diagnosis will go for an eating disorder of um, you know, like, oh, that's the only thing we'll look at, like, that's the only thing that they can control in their life. So they're latching to that control, or, you know, they're just looking at the aspect of the eating behavior. And a lot of people will struggle with understanding eating disorders because they don't understand that it's way more than just the food. Oh, my it, goodness. Yeah. yeah. It goes to, I mean, the mental aspect of things and thoughts. And like you just hit on, like, it's not just as simple as, I, you know, want to be skinny or I want to do this. It's goes to the point of, you know, I want to be able to enjoy life with my family and my friends. And so I love that you hit on that is even these labels that we're assessing to people in society and trying to give them treatment for some of the ways that traditional therapeutic approaches are still looking at it from a place of it just being a really misunderstood behavior. Yeah. Um which is yeah. why I love that you bring this kind of spiritual approach of mindfulness and you know really understanding like your body and like you said when you have the power to or when you're re-empowered to really pay attention to making the decisions about what you're putting into your body it empowers you to make decisions, to move forward. And then you're fueling your body so that your brain is working better and you're feeling empowered Mm -hmm. in yourself and you're present and all these beautiful things. And the ice cream with the happiness, I mean, I love that you turned it around to It's okay to feel so much emotion um, when you are eating. Because I think, again, society has kind of stigmatized the idea of emotional eating and how it's Mm -hmm. negative of like, oh, you're just had a bad breakup, go eat a whole container of ice cream. And it's like, You know these stigmas and labels are not helpful. So I love that you kind of break away from that and um, are not coming on it. I was concerned about bringing somebody on the podcast um, to talk about this idea because I really wanted to make sure it was somebody that wasn't perpetuating the same things that society and standards are. So. I'm super pleased with this conversation. That's all I'm saying. So good. <laughs> and I, I, hope everyone, <laughs> right? I hope everyone listening is too. <laughs> I agree. I think that everyone listening is going to get so much out of it because it's really, um, I think what Sloan and, and I are really on the same page with is empowering you guys to get back to this place of enjoying yourselves and really. letting go of what doesn't serve you. Um, you know, I talk a lot about in with my clients of like letting go of obligations, letting go of this... Um, The stigmas, the labels, the things you don't want to do, saying no, setting boundaries, all these different things, but not in a sense of, I think, again, with boundaries, like we look at it like closing in on us and it's again, it's this beautiful boundary or thing in place that allows us to expand Mm -hmm. and allows us to be strong in our own power and to step into our power, which is obviously what the Abundance Alchemist podcast is all about. (laughs)
1: Completely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Yes. And
1: I think that's such a good point, like having boundaries to fill yourself up and protect yourself so that you can expand without, you know, pushing yourself or um, spreading yourself too thin. And what you mentioned about some traditional therapeutic approaches, um, Yeah. I have so many clients who have like already been through traditional eating disorder recovery Mm -hmm. or they work with therapists also, but it's just not about the food. That's Mm -hmm. why I don't give meal plans. I also don't work with people who like might need a meal plan to become weight restored, um, but my clients, they don't need meal plans and when we just focus on the food and what you're eating or how you're working out, it's just the surface. Mm-hmm. And as long as you stay there, you're just kind of using a Band-Aid to cover up the root of the issue, which is about self-worth mm-hmm. and control and safety. Mm-hmm. I think safety is really, really key also with like this control and surrender and trust. Um, and when I tell people this, they're like, oh,
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, And you hit on to the idea of meal plans. Um, I was reading something the other day and it said that we could all exercise the exact same and eat the exact same thing. And we would all still end up with different bodies. And it's so true. Yeah. I mean, we don't think about the fact that we're all different. We think about the fact of like, oh, we're all humans. So we should all just like do the same thing and like we'll be fine. We'll get to what we need to be. Right. Um, so I love that. The the meal plan piece um is tough for me. I don't like that structure. You know, I've we're all so guilty of trying diet fads and I have tried many over the years and meal prepping was the one or like meal plans was the one I struggled with the most, um, just because it is so restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no joy in meal plans, no matter how many people yeah. want to argue it. There's not, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. And I find that, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think you
1: lagged. Oh <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Okay. Um, I was gonna say I find that when you're f- focusing on a meal plan and you're relying on a meal plan, you're just essentially training your brain and your body to trust something outside of yourself when the entire point is to help you trust your own internal wisdom, your highest self, your intuition. So mm-hmm. couldn't another be point Absolutely. against the meal plans.
0: Yes. So um you kind of touched on the piece of like the self-worth. Um, but I know that you know we've we've talked about eating with love and how this really does stem down to empowering yourself and loving yourself. Um, What do you feel like are some ways that um, our listeners can practice playing around with self-love and eating? Totally.
1: So, Hmm. This can go so many different ways. It really Mm -hmm. depends on like where your self-limiting beliefs are coming from Mm -hmm. as it pertains to food. So I have some clients who when we dig deep, we realize that they don't feel worthy of like success in general. And Mm -hmm. so then they binge to like self-sabotage any kind of success. Mm -hmm. So again, not really about the food and this will show up in like school or career Mm -hmm. as well. Um, This is also a lot of times about like where we equate worth. So mm. most people, unfortunately, equate their worth to productivity or their looks. And so they feel like, okay, if I wasn't productive in my work or I wasn't productive in the form of exercise and I don't deserve, you know, all of the meals or I don't deserve this cookie um, or, you know, I don't look like her, so I need to eat less. Right. Mm-hmm. And so yes, that is less about wanting to be thin and more about, well, what do you think that thinness will get you? Okay. It's like being more loved maybe, or feeling more accepted. Um, So, It depends on like where your fears are and where your self-limiting beliefs are. Um, And then we want to focus on, you know, healing that part of your self-love. So I would encourage everyone to kind of do that reflection and try to dig a little bit deeper. Um, You can always feel free to message me on Instagram because it can be hard to dig you know, deep below the fear because your brain wants to protect you. Mm -hmm. Your brain doesn't want you to feel fear. So that's why coaches are just everything. Mm -hmm. And so essential as I'm sure you agree with. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, right. Coming from a place of self-love, you know, self-love is different from self-care. So Mm -hmm. yes, I love buying myself flowers and it does make me happy, but that's not Mm self-love. Um, you know, that's like a tiny thing that I do to show myself some care and some love, but self-love it's, kind of uh, it's so energetic it's hard to put into words sometimes you know um but i think that it's so individualized it's really about like your worth and this is where i think spirituality has helped me and my clients as well recognizing that like we are a part of an expansive abundant universe so like who are you to say that you are not also inherently abundant and expansive and limitless that's like always the truth that i come back to and i remind my clients of and myself like who am i to say that me, a tiny, tiny, tiny little human on a speck of dust in this entire universe Mm -mm. is not also part of this ever expanding, limitless, abundant, you know, love centered space. Mm. So that's where I, I really take from the universe and remember that, you know, We are a part of the universe. We are a part of nature. Everything is meant to work out perfectly for you. And when you hear affirmations like this, like, you know, the universe always has my back or my success is inevitable. Um, It's always this or something better. If you hear that and you're like, that's BS. That's where you want to examine, ok, well, what voice is telling you that that's bs? Where did that come from? What is it saying instead? So that can also be a way to kind of figure out where your deeper roots are from like kind of working backwards, saying like, well, this is what, you know, apparently, quote, the truth is, which I believe the truth is, right. Mm-hmm. And there's blocks, you know, keeping me from believing in that where, are those blocks from? And where is that guiding me towards? That can be a good place to start pinpointing where you have a little
0: bit more work to do. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Definitely same thing. I always kind of start with that with my clients of like, where are the blocks and what can we, um, you know, identify those and how can we shift them? Um, But I also think you hit on something really, really powerful that I just want to reiterate um, is that thing of like, when you get to the idea, or when you're looking at the idea of like I don't look like her so I'm not worthy or you know in that comparison place where um you know if I look like this I'll be happy or I, I'll deserve that cookie or whatever it is um you touched on the point of like what is the feeling and the emotion behind it and i always tell people that the biggest thing that is missing from traditional ways of manifesting um, and traditional practices and you know, all these different things of when you hear things about like vision boards and you have that beautiful model on your vision board, you're like, I want to look like that. The thing that blocks people often from getting there is yes, their own self-limiting beliefs, but also the fact that they're chasing a thing they're not chasing the emotion of why they actually want that and so you hit on that behind the emotion of like what is the emotion you feel like you'll achieve or what are you trying to feel by achieving that and i think that's again once you identify that emotion your brain knows how to move forward your body and your intuition awaken they're able to help guide you and step into that abundance because we don't create abundance we create our lack or our blocks um because the abundance that's already there. We, like you said, I love how you said that of we are this abundance. We are part of this ever expanding universe and this beautiful process. So, um, that emotion is huge.
1: Yes. Yes. And honestly, that's something that I have to remind myself of almost Mm -hmm. daily. It's so easy to chase a physical thing, a material thing, or even an idea of something. I was discussing this with a previous business coach and one of my like business besties, we kind of call it like we hold each other accountable and we're like, why does everyone want, you know, in like the business world, why does everyone want $10,000 a month or what does six figures Mm -hmm. actually mean? And it's just, you know, with, I always, I love using money as an example Mm -hmm. because it relates to food in so many ways. And like, if I were to give you a hundred thousand dollars, But I said, you know, Caitlin, you can't use it. You can't invest it. Um, You can't take it out. You can look at it, I guess, but you can't do anything with it. Would that give you any sort of joy or satisfaction?
0: No, absolutely not. (laughs) Right.
1: So it's not actually – or what if I said, okay, here's 100000 Monopoly dollars, right? Like these are pieces of paper, but they're valueless. That's not Mm. what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, So same with body image, like – You don't actually want a thigh gap or abs. You want what you think Mm -hmm. it'll give you. And especially when it comes to body image, a lot of times, most times, it's not going to give you that thing that you want because you're training your brain right now to feel whatever it is that you're feeling, whether it's worthless, ashamed, Mm -hmm. disgusted. Once you get to your, quote, dream body, if you haven't shifted anything internally internally, nothing will shift internally. Mentally, Mm -hmm. nothing will shift. So I actually have a program on body confidence. And I recently released one of the episodes just about, or one of the lessons that's Mm -hmm. just on comparison as um, a free lesson for anyone to access. Um, So I can send you the link, Caitlin, if you want to share that.
0: Absolutely, Thank I will everyone. put it. Yeah, I'll put it in the episode notes um, so that everybody that is listening make sure to grab that. I'm sure it's amazing. So that would be awesome. I know comparison is huge, um, and also you hit on to that idea of even with with money and goals. This idea, um, I'm so like guilty of this too, right? Like, of course, I'm a business owner, so my you know coaches, you'll see all these ones on Facebook and Instagram of like, oh, look at these six figure month or you know six figure years and. months. And I'm always like, okay, but like, who are you helping? What are you doing? Like what's behind that, right? Like, where's the emotion? How is that helping? How is that helping you? And it's kind of going into this place of you have to decide and give meaning to what's actually doing it. And then you also have to be in that place to celebrate the goal because, Even with body image, like you hit on once you get there, if you haven't done the work, I always tell people your subconscious mind will get you to where it has gotten you before. If you have been telling yourself you are worthless when you are, you know, 20 pounds skinnier or whatever you're trying to get to your brain is still going to say, Oh, this is a pattern that I know I'm worthless. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's going to bring you back to that. So if you don't do the work and then get to whatever goal you're wanting to, whether it is body image, money, anything in your life and then celebrate that goal and say, oh my gosh, how freaking cool. I'm so proud of myself. Like I did what I wanted to. I feel the success. I feel the happiness. I feel the joy and embody that. Then nothing is going to change. It's just a physical appearance. And I think one of the most powerful things I had, um, I had another counselor tell me when I was actually working in an eating disorder clinic, we were talking and she said that she talks to her clients about, the fact on the emotional piece of things and the mental piece of things is, which I don't know if it was the best placement for this conversation, but I'll just, it's a good piece of advice for other people, I think, Yes. Um, is that when you, and kind of morbid too, I guess, in a sense, but that's all right. Um, when you are on your deathbed, nobody is going to care if you lost 20 pounds right yeah. we've all kind of heard that idea before um, but it's powerful to think about as you can change the physical but if you don't do the work on your spiritual level and your emotional level and really do the healing you're cheating yourself in the sense of not allowing yourself to enjoy it and nobody really cares that much about the physical piece no i mean it's it might be a human instinct attraction But I guarantee that attraction that's going to last, which we all know, again, on that conscious level, is that it's when you're emotionally connecting with a person. You're intimately connecting with a person. Very
1: different. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I know. And, you know, I can hear people already thinking, well, like, how do I do that, like, Mm -hmm. deeper work, right? Um, And, you know, that's why like full programs is this because Mm -hmm. the podcast, unfortunately, we can't give you everything that you need in these 60 minutes. Um, But something that I take from manifestation and apply to food freedom and body confidence um, is how can you embody those feelings and emotions that you desire now
0: Mm -hmm. on your way
1: to point B, because it'll make the journey from point A to point B so much more enjoyable, first Mm -hmm. of all. And you're training your brain to look out for more opportunities to help you feel that way. So you're manifesting on that level. Subconsciously, you're getting used to this being your new normal. And energetically, you're putting that vibration out. And so the law of attraction, it's going to come back to you. Mm -hmm. So thinking, I want that body. Okay. well, why do you want it? What do you think it's going to give you? What do you actually want? Okay. and how do you already have those things? Mm Mm-hmm because you do. Mm -hmm. And how can I amplify that, that I already have? How can I focus on that? How can I embody that more? How can I grow that, which I already have Mm -hmm. Focus on that while I'm on my way to this imaginary kind of arbitrary point B? Right. Yep. That's one way to begin.
0: Perfect. I love that. I agree. I mean, that place of gratitude is when we can easily manifest that energy of gratitude. And it will give, um, it made me think of this little trick and tip that I will share. Um, Your physical body does not react differently when you're actually doing something versus when you're thinking about something. So what Salam just said is so incredibly powerful and a beautiful way to start because your body will react the same. Your brain will release the same chemicals. You'll have the same reaction as if you're, you know, trying to create that happiness and you're thinking oh, okay I'm on a beach I think we talked about this in another episode but if you're thinking I'm on a beach and you're embodying those emotions and then you're actually on a beach you can have that same feeling and that same emotion you can create the emotion within your body which is a beautiful way to manifest like Sloane was talking about it's one of my favorite ways to manifest it is it's beautiful and it's fun right you talked about like embodying those emotions gosh like We want those emotions so bad. And I think we forget that we have this amazing power to create the emotions within us. Um, And it's awesome because you don't have to be in the discomfort all the time. Yes, growth happens in discomfort, but it also happens in the beautiful and the fun and, you know, all the amazing feelings that we want to have. So completely Mm -hmm. love it. I could, I could just talk to you forever. This is just (laughs) so great. Um, Well, I love that you kind of told our audience um, and our listeners how to begin. Um, Is there any last words of wisdom you would like to share with us?
1: Mm, Okay, last words of wisdom would be, When you're making decisions, especially ones that feel a little bit scary, ask your highest self what she or he or they would do. Um, And your highest self, if you are not yet familiar with them or with your intuition, I like to think of it as this glowing goddess version of me that has no fear. She just like knows everything. She's kind of like a fairy godmother that like can see over everything. She just knows Mm -hmm. and she has no fear. Um, And she trusts that the the choices that feel aligned are going to work out. And so if you're deciding to invest in something or go back to school or move or switch jobs or date someone or break up with someone, ask your highest self, okay, what would you do if there was zero fear and you just knew that the decision was going to work out? Mm -hmm. Where would you go with that? One of my favorite ways to also just help myself to make aligned decisions, even if they feel uncomfortable. But as you said, that's where growth happens. So especially if you're pushing a growth edge, um, looking forward to something new, some change that feels a little bit unsettling, ask your highest self what they would do and try to go with that.
0: I love that. That is so beautiful, um, and I think you you hit on invest in your or invest in yourself or um, investing. That is um, just perfect because it kind of, I think it wraps up everything we're talking about. Yourself is the one thing um, that you do have control over. And it's also the one thing that will never stop giving back when you invest Mm -hmm. in yourself. So that growth is incredible. So thank you for sharing all of that. Um, And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so amazing having you. Um, And of course, and for all of our listeners, um, please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Rate and let us know um, what you loved and give us a review. I love hearing from you guys. So always reach out. Let me know if you want to hear anything new or different. Um, And that is all. Thanks again, Sloan Thanks. Bye, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, sending you so much love.